The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today, as the countdown to the Olympics approaches gets ever closer, we're going to be talking about who's dropping out of the Olympics and why you should too. Now, I hope uh, you've heard me talk on this show before about uh, some of the pitfalls of going to the Olympics, and I hope that you've canceled your uh, flights and hotels, and I hope that in the first place you got them with the insurance so that you wouldn't be penalized for canceling them. But um, that's if you're a visitor, if you were planning on going there just for the fun. But what about the people, the athletes, who um, are not just going for fun, this is their whole life, they've been training for years. And um, this is—it's very difficult for them to uh, opt out of the Olympics, especially at this late date. But there are so many reasons. Every day, there are more and more reasons why they should. Um, uh, you, from the starts from the Zika virus, which you've heard of, I'm sure, and the actual effects of that virus have—it's uh, been found to be more and more devastating. They're finding new things that the Zika virus causes. Then, of course, the recession, the fact that the uh, Rio is just in shreds because of the recession. Um, There's political unheaval. There's violence. There's drugs. There's criminals. Um, There's, you know, the criminals can have a shootout with the terrorists because it's essentially laying out a welcome mat for terrorists. And I say that because even the first responders have made a sign saying that, uh, welcome to hell, that this isn't a place that's safe for anyone because there isn't enough, aren't enough resources for the first responders. There aren't enough first responders and enough resources uh, for them to be able to protect you. Also, the water is so polluted. Body parts have been washing up on the beach. And this has just uh, created a, a land of chaos. And it's really sad, and it's really sad that we have gotten to this date. Uh, we're about three weeks away from the beginning of the Olympics, and the Olympics committee should have realized weeks ago, or if not months ago, that they should postpone the Olympics and keep it in Rio and try to get the place together, or put it in a different place. And, you know, it's, it, I mean, it's perhaps they're thinking it's too big to fail, but we are we're about to see um, tremendous calamity, people getting mugged, pe- of course, terrorist attacks. I mean, they were going to be certainly the threat of terrorist attacks, even without all these problems in Rio. But now, with all of these problems, it makes it much more inviting for terrorists. 
And of course, the people, five, they're expecting 500,000 people to come. And however many of them become infected and go back and have sex with their girlfriends and wives or boyfriends and then um, spread the Zika virus, especially when they get pregnant, it's going to have devastating effects. So for all of these reasons, um, the Olympics should be changed. Well, today my guest is Michael Karalczyk, and he is a, uh, the CEO of Spartacus Strategies, um, a, which is, he's a health guru, he's a sports analyst, and a contributor to DailySurge.com and ClashDaily.com. And he opens, runs, and revamps gyms and fitness centers up and down the east coast of the United States, and apparently the west coast, too, from what I've been reading about you, Michael. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Dr. Cowan. You did a great job explaining the tsunami that's about to hit in three weeks, and I don't really know any other word you could come up with. For your audience to understand, I probably go to Brazil about two or three times a year. I'm a single guy. I love beautiful women. You can't find more beautiful and sexy women than in Brazil. No offense taken to the other nations. <laughs> but here's the problem, and this is also something too, doctor, that a lot of uh, um, not only I train beautiful ladies in our program, I've trained many, many NFL players, live with NFL players as roommates, and other top athletes, basketball players too. A lot of people think when you watch these guys that all they care about is the winning the gold medal, and all they care about is how well their stats are. Uh, I hate to break it to you, folks. They care about having fun. And if you're an athlete, you can't have fun in Brazil because of all the things you just outlined. So, for example, the water. The water is 1.3 million, that's correct, million times more uh, polluted with bacteria than water that's considered toxic in the United States. Mm-hmm. So take the New Jersey Shore in 1980 with the hypodermic needles, yeah. multiply it by 1 million times, and that's the water. They even have an enzyme called the KPC bug, just sounds terrible, right? KPC, anything with three letters, IRS, okay, <laughs> ATF, uh, you know, you're in trouble. The KPC bug, which is now back to it, which is now resistant to any antibiotics, and that's in the water. And if you've been to Brazil, like I have, the water has always been dirty. They told the people, they sold them, we're going to clean up the whole bay with the money from the Olympics. They didn't. So instead of cleaning up the water, they sent these guys in little rafts to clean up body parts, dead animals, and what have you. And that's the water that people are going to be boating in. That's the water where people are going to be doing other swim events. So that's a disaster. Then when you put that on top of the subway system, which was supposed to be built, and that was going to transport 300,000 people each day from the different hotels to the venues. It's not going to be built. So when you go to Brazil, these buses, every week one bus falls over and a bunch of rocks and people die. Well, everybody's going to be on those unair conditioned buses driving through the worst smog and fumes on rickety roads to get there. And then when you get there, as you outline, the police have no money. There's no money. They have to ask the neighbors to donate toilet paper, paper, and pens, which is why they're on strike. They have no, as of today, they've yet to purchase one body scanner and x-ray detector. There's no money for that. And we're talking about terrorism, as you've mentioned multiple times. So when you put all that together, 
and then you put together that you can't even have fun because a guy like me, he's not going to go to Brazil. I never miss a bum-bum competition. Uh, that's the world's best butts. It's incredible. You should go there one day, uh, Doc, and you'll see the most beautiful ladies. Nobody's going to go down there because who wants to get dung fever, Zika, and all the other maladies that they have, which is ground zero for these diseases. So there's a lot of problems, and we're just watching it like a train wreck that's about to hit. Yes, absolutely. Um, do people, I mean, have you been trying to warn people? I, I, have athletes come to you? I want to talk to you about some of the athletes who have dropped out, uh, and I'm sure the list is growing every day. But have athletes who you train or, you know, who you know come to you and ask you what to do. I mean, they're not just, I know you, of course they want to have fun, but it's also national pride. Like they owe something. They feel like they want to represent their country, obviously, and, and, um, and bring home the gold for their country. So it's a lot of conflicting emotions. I wanted to get your athlete's perspective on all of this. You know what? The, the athletes who do track and field and swimming, their whole livelihood is based off the Olympics. The athletes who do basketball, tennis, and the other events, it's just a fun thing to go to and enjoy like a vacation. Mm-hmm. So for the latter group, they have no interest because you can't have, you, you, you can't have any... It's, it's a known fact if your audience does any research about the Olympic camp, the Olympic camp is just uh, pretty much an orgy. It's a guy and female athletes bringing people in. Everybody's fooling around, having a great party time when you're done with your event. That's gone. So that fun's gone. You can't bring your wife or your girlfriend because she may not be able to have children the rest of her life. And here's the most important thing I tell the athletes, and they listen to this. The Center of Disease Control under this administration has no longer be, be, is no longer the watchdog that it once was. The CDC used to always be nonpartisan and would always look out. Since the Obama administration has taken charge, look at what they've done. They told us that all these diseases, oh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, you can allow it. And now we're seeing tuberculosis in this country being brought from all Middle Eastern countries. We're seeing all these diseases, measles, everything that's been protected by the borders allowed in. We even shipped Ebola people in to yeah. bring them into the United States, which breaks <laughs> all the quarantine rules that set up for centuries. So do you really trust the CDC? Who trusts the CDC anymore to tell us what really is going on with Zika, dung fever, and the other diseases? Yes, even the World Health Organization, they've said pregnant women shouldn't go and men who are going to be having sex with pregnant women or women who want to get planned to get pregnant or are open to being pregnant um, should have safe sex. But, you know, I mean, everybody is sort of whitewashing this. Um, and no one's putting their foot down saying this is, this is a train wreck or this is a tsunami, as you said. No, they don't want to because they know if they really do, it will destroy Brazil even further. And let's be honest here. Do you, when, if we have to go back to 2009. We forgot because it's been a long time. When Brazil was awarded the Olympics, you remember what it was? It was the Pope which just elected from the Latin American country. It was kind of saying that the third world countries now are accepted. Obama gave all the little, yes, the Brazil's great. The Brazilians celebrated. They were, they were living high off the hog of gas prices. Well, then the yeah. petrol dollar collapse happened. All around third world countries, especially Middle Eastern countries, felt the pain of their hubris. The Rota Matade really showed off that they really weren't all that they thought they were with their economies. Now, 
Okay, they are a third world country. We're talking about raw sewage, animal parts, body parts washing up where the Olympics are. We're talking about they don't have metal detectors. They don't have toilet paper at the police stations. Okay, <laughs> the cops don't have guns. Now, this, it sounds ridiculous, right? And yeah. then they're having the Olympics. And here's the other thing, folks. I, this is even worse. I know this from somebody that's working there. They didn't have the money to finish a lot of the, uh, um, the permanent structures, so they have temporary structures. Now, the last time the United States did that was the Super Bowl at Dallas when they put up uh, temporary seating, which turned out to be a fire hazard. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if you have a, a seat collapse, okay, because mm-hmm. these are temporary seating, not permanent, because they don't have the money to finish it. And that's, that is even more disturbing because we all know what happens when uh, you, you mix you know, terrorism with political unrest. You have stampedes. And when you have not structures put in place, there's even more danger. And we, what we've seen in this past week, Dr. Carroll, with the Black Lives protests and everything exploding in yeah. our country, yeah. there are a lot of angry people in Brazil. And I hate to tell you, they have a right to be angry. They took $10 billion dollars. $10 billion, and they promised the people they would build them more hospitals, clean the water up, and give uh, 2 million Brazilians free tickets to the Olympics. Guess what? They closed their two biggest hospitals last month. They closed three of their biggest school systems. They have not given one free ticket. Brazilians are angry. That's why they impeached the president. That's why they're going after all the politicians. This is a mess. And if you were an athlete, why would you go to a place where you could get a disease, your wife may never have babies, or if you're single, you can't even fool around with the beautiful ladies? Why would you go there? It's like Africa in the 1980s. <laughs> you know, you do have this focus on beautiful ladies. Are you? There seems to be a a pattern here, a theme. <laughs> well, okay, I, mean, I know, focus I like on beautiful ladies, doctor. Athletes. Tell me this much: What does the Olympics focus on? And your audience will agree with me. We watch eighty percent of it with gymnasts and volleyball players, and we miss all the other sports because what sells beautiful ladies? <laughs> well, that may be jumping up and down and all that kind of stuff. They're <laughs> bathing suits. I agree, but, um, but there are, you know, there is nationalism, pride, national pride and so on involved as well, and, and general, um, you know, training for years and years and years um, to be the best and to, to, be, to be on the Olympic team. I mean, I, I compete in horseback riding, and um, I know people who have competed to be on the Olympic team, and it is, you, it, you spend your whole life working towards that. So it is really disappointing to people who are in any sport who have worked so hard to finally make the Olympic team and then to have this happen. So there is a lot of momentum that's built up, like, of course I want to go, of course, you know, I want to show the world all that I've been working for all my life. Um, so it's, I mean, for, for you, I don't know, do you, are you involved in any sports and can you sort of look at it from that perspective? Like what if you were on the Olympic team in a particular sport and, and this was happening? In another lifetime ago, I ran professionally in track and I have to tell you, I totally empathize like you do with the athletes, but I'd, I'd have to think that I would be sane enough even now compared to when I was crazy back then to say, is it worth it? I don't really want to 
I really don't want to get something called the KPC. And I, I don't want to go to a country where yeah, I have to pay for the air conditioning. Do you know they're, they're charging the athletes that they want air conditioning because their power grid has not been fixed. So the power is going to go in and out. You're going to watch the Olympics, folks, and a lot of times you're going to miss a lot of the events because if you've ever been to Cuba and Brazil, like I have been multiple times, um, the power goes out because the grid's so bad. So you're going to be watching some event like the 400 meter, and it's just not going to, you're not going to see the finish because the power grid's down and they don't have the money to replace it. It's just, this is third world meets, you know, happy-go-lucky days of what we saw in 2009, and it's not reality. You can't give the Olympics to such an event. You know, they weren't prepared for it. And now we're going to pay the piper, and hopefully, I think we can all agree with this, no matter what happens, let's keep our fingers crossed that nothing bad, terrorism, or God forbid, bad bus wrecks happen. Bad what, did you say? Bus wrecks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, we need to take a break. When we come back, we'll take a break on the bus wrecks. Um, when we come back... We'll hear more from my guest. Again, his name is Michael Karolchek. He is, he is the, <laughs> he's the CEO of Spartacus Strategies, and he is the health guru. I've been reading all about you. He's a t- one tough cookie, actually a tough cupcake, because he throws cupcakes at people if you're not working out hard enough. We'll talk about that at the end. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about who's dropping out of the Olympics and why you should too. With my guest, Michael Karolchek, he is uh, talking about the Olympic train wreck, (laughs) tsunami. I like those... And those are perfect uh, words to describe what's going to be happening in approximately three weeks. And um, giving an athlete's perspective on it, we're going to be talking about some of the athletes who have already said that they're going to be dropping out. I'm sure this list is growing every day. But for all the things that we, uh, Michael and I, have been talking about, 
uh, at the beginning of the show. Um, for all these reasons, these people have been, one or more of these reasons, these people have been dropping out. Mostly they talk about Zika as their reason, wanting to have a family and so on. So let me tell you some of the people, Michael, and you can give us some perspective on them. Um, there is T.J. Van Garderen, an American cyclist. The first, he was the first U.S. athlete to withdraw from the Olympic consideration, because, mainly because of the Zika virus. Uh, and the effect that it could have on his pregnant wife. Yeah, and not a huge monster lost uh, in terms of name and credibility, but still a very good cyclist that had a shot to do something. So um, that's just one, and there's rumors of many other cyclists who are going to probably do the same thing, but a lot of them aren't in position to lose their marketing dollars, so they'll wait till the last second to pull out. Hmm, hmm, huh. All right, then we have seven of the world's top golfers. Jason Day, Adam Scott, Louis Osthuizen, Charles Schwartzel, Rory McIlroy, Graham McDowell, and Vijay Singh uh, have already said they're not going to participate. Yeah, the golf is gone. I mean, there's no golf now. And look, golfers make so much money. Okay, and they are the most privileged guys alive. Okay, roughing it for a golfer is what going without brunch for a couple hours. So <laughs> they're not going to go to Brazil where they're in any danger. I mean, you're not even allowed to fly an airplane over a golfer. You're not even allowed to clap of a golfer. You think they're going to go to Brazil where they have to go on a rickety bus down uh, cliffs? Let's just be honest, Dr. Carroll. Golfers have no courage. So we knew they were going to do it. <laughs> they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't go in your. They wouldn't be able to to uh, withstand your fitness program. <laughs> no, well, I don't allow anybody in with pink khaki pants now. <laughs> well, you know, um, I was reading about how this is the first time since 1904 that golf is making a return to the game. So it's kind of sad that uh, seven of the world's top golfers aren't going to be. I mean, do they? Do you think they're even going to hold? Well, I guess they'll hold it. But it's not gonna. It's certainly gonna be a disappointment. Well, you know what? Don't think about it. All jokes aside, don't you think the Zika is probably the worst on a golf course? Every time you go to a golf course, even in the United States, you get bit alive. <laughs> so, I mean, that's probably the worst place next to the waterways of the bay to be standing. So, I really can't blame them. And again, they're making millions of dollars. Who wants to risk it to go to? And Brazil is an amazing place, folks. It really is. It's one of the best places in the world. The people know how to have fun, party, beautiful ladies, amazing food. It's just, it's overrun right now in terms of one of the worst economies of corruption and a cesspool. So it's a place you need to avoid. Well, yeah, you know, I, I actually went to Brazil once, um, I don't know, around five years ago or so. One of the things that I do is that I'm an expert witness. And there was a custody case that I was involved in, and the father was Brazilian, and he had lived in the United States with his wife, who, I mean, his wife was American, and she was still living in the United States, and they were having a custody battle. So I had to go to Brazil to, um, to evaluate him for his fitness as a father. And it was, you know, this is at least five years ago, around five years ago, and so it was wonderful. I mean, it was beautiful. The beaches are incredible and so on. I mean, back then, but there were... Um, what was interesting was 
he and his family were very, always very concerned and protective about me that I shouldn't go in the wrong place. You know, there were all these sort of booby traps around that they were trying to uh, make sure that I didn't fall into. So even five years ago, I mean, I, I think it's obviously a lot worse now, but, but there was still this, this, this dark side of Rio. And, um, and so, you know, I, th- I think they were protecting me because they wanted me to testify in his favor and wanted to make sure I didn't get <laughs> bitten, by, bitten by anything. But, um, so it's kind of sad that, that there are the, all these treasures in that city, but at the same time there are so many things that need to be fixed up. There are so many things. And, the, and what you talked about with how different the neighborhoods are, you ever have time to watch the movie City of God? It does an excellent presentation of what the poverty is. Please don't even go into certain areas within one mile of the most expensive homes. So there's such stark differences in wealth. Yeah. And it really is shocking how you have to watch where you go. Yes, yes, absolutely. So let's talk about some more of the athletes. Now, what's interesting, we have Stephen Curry and LeBron James. Curry is saying he needs to recover from his injuries as his reason. He said, uh, Zika didn't have a bearing on his decision. Right. But I followed the reports. I'm reading a quote. But I followed the reports. Um, LeBron James also is saying, I could use the rest. Uh, he already participated in three Olympic Games. He earned two gold medals and one bronze. So I guess, um, you know, I, I love it, though, the macho. You know, they don't want to say that, that they're scared of some of the things, some of the dangers in Brazil. They're saying they need a rest, right? What do you think of that? Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. They're not going to ever say, hey, this is dangerous, because they're going to get teased by their friends. They're going to be called names, okay? So, again, you do the whole politically correct thing. I'm going to rest, or you say, I'm worried about my wife and Zika. We want to have ten kids like the Brady Bunch. So <laughs> that's the angle you play to get out of it. And, and a lot of these guys also are forced to do the Olympics because, again, they're a brand in marketing. This is a way they can get out and enjoy themselves. So you're going to see a lot of that. And here's the worst part. Like I told you earlier about the cyclists, a lot of these athletes don't want to lose their marketing deal. So they're waiting to the very end to pull out. And you're going to see mass pullouts about a week before. So, okay, but what do you mean? Like, um, I mean, do you mean that they're getting... Because they're getting money now. How are they not, if they pull out? Like the shoe companies and the other companies, the equipment companies are putting pressure on them. You're not pulling out. So if you're a middle athlete, not like a LeBron James, if you're a middle-of-the-road athlete or a higher middle, you can't do anything until the last couple of weeks or a week and say, hey, I'm not going. Because otherwise they'll pull your endorsement money because they have you unbound. Okay, so... You have to be your lock stock. So I know a few athletes, which I can't mention, that are in that position right now, and they're waiting until the other guys at the top level pull out, then they'll have cover to go in and say we're not huh. doing it either. Huh, huh, that's interesting. But then they won't get their money, right? Or did they already get the money? The Olympic money they get is peanuts. The real money is from their, brand, their, their shoe companies and their equipment companies. That's where they make everything, just like golfers, all that. That's the real cash. And okay. they're not going to take it back when all the other people uh, don't go as well. And it's going to be a watered-down water Olympics. The ratings are going to be down. You're going to see blackouts. It's, you're going to see unrest. It's, it's going to be like the, if you ever watched in the mid-'80s Escape from New York movie, 
And then they yeah. made another one with Kurt Russell, Escape from L.A. It's kind of like the same thing, Escape from Brazil. It's like a zombie apocalypse down there. So you better get out. Well, all right. Here are some people. Maybe you um, can comment on them. Um, there are some people, participants staying vigilant. This is the column for participants staying vigilant. Jordan Spiraw, the coach of the U.S. men's volleyball team, he's going to freeze his sperm before traveling to Rio. Now, I mean, I'm not quite sure what that is going to do because, unless he's going to only have, I mean, unless he's planning to have, I don't know if he, if, do you know if he has a girlfriend or a wife? I don't know. I, I, I find that puzzling as well, too. There's a lot of weird comments, both innocuous or just ignorant, that are coming out of people. And I just, again, I, you know this, doctor, when people get scared or they don't know what to do because they have pressures from different people, you have to realize these coaches and athletes are getting pressured by who? The Olympic Committee, and they're getting pressured by their endorsements. You need to be their doctor. You need to go. And then their wives and family are like, you can't go. Right. But they can't announce anything because that's their bread and butter. So they're in a real precarious position, and that's why, again, it reiterates what I'm going to say to you again is that that last week is when you see everybody, the, the card deck fall down and the dominoes. Nobody wants to be going into this situation. But, but I still have a – so are you saying – I still want to just clarify this. So the, the endorsements, the people who are their sponsors – they're, they're, they're their sponsors all along, like, like Nike or whatever. So, I mean, are you, but the, these people will, will still get their money if they cancel the last, at the last minute, or are they they're afraid that these people are going to, that their sponsors are going to just say, that's it, I'm not going to endorse you anymore, or is it just the Olympic sponsorship money that they're worried about missing? No, their belief is if they cancel at the end when all the top athletes do, the endorsees will say, okay. Act of God, it was danger, and they're not going to ask for their money back and, and cancel their contract with them. I see. But they pull okay. now. If you're like one of the first people to pull now, well, then you're going to get the heat, and they're going to cut yes. you off. Yes. So yes. they're all waiting. They're all waiting. They're all, you have to realize these athletes all talk to each other. There's yeah. like chats going around. I'm privy to some of those chats, and all right, what are you doing, okay? And everybody's waiting. And, you know, so it's like, but when that lightning, when that match hits, you're going to see a lot of it. And now that the athletes are getting mugged, and God forbid, I hate to say this, the first athlete that got mugged, there's what happens when an athlete gets raped. When all that stuff happens, and then you put the health stuff with the buses, all the other things that we've outlined, that's when they're all going to cancel the last few days. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to jump on there and say, everybody's jump on the bandwagon. No, they just aren't big enough like LeBron James to say, hey, I'm not doing this. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Well, getting back to the frozen sperm, <laughs> I mean, that would work, I guess, if he was trying to uh, do artificial insemination of his woman, but if he's planning on having sex, he still has to use, you know, it still should be safe sex, so I don't really get that, um, but anyhow, all right. <laughs> then we have Spanish, bas- I mean, do you, am I missing something? <laughs> do you, 
You don't see that either, do you? I don't see that either. You know? okay. And again, you shouldn't go down there. If you've ever read Ulysses, okay, a great classic, well, mm-hmm. don't go to Brazil if you, if you plan to abstain from sex. That's not a smart move. It's like an alcoholic going into a bar. <laughs> it's sirens calling you. You need to put wax in your ears so they don't call you there. Right. Now, if you're a single guy, do not go to Brazil and abstain. That's my yes. piece of advice today. Yes, that's true, actually, because even, I mean, you know, we know, right, at, at Olympics uh, in general in the past that there are a lot of women, actually women, whether they, wherever the country is that the Olympics are, a lot of women even travel to the country to try to hook up with the, um, with the athletes, with people from, you know, rich, rich people who are coming down to the, uh, to the Olympics as a way to, for their... <laughs> You know, for their 18-year um, life insurance, they're getting pregnant with the purpose of getting pregnant and um, having an 18-year um, check coming every month. I know that probably sounds incredibly cynical, but you know that I'm right, right? You're well. You're, you're, you're Doc. You are 100% right on that. Now I'm gonna go even a step further. As a guy who goes down there a lot, Brazil has so many amazing nightclubs with beautiful girls. Okay. And when you go to beautiful nightclubs with great EDM music and the top artists go down there, David Goetta, okay, uh, Cascade, they all go down there, it's Molly time, Molly and ecstasy. And they're constantly mm. popping it there like we pop uh, vitamin C tablets. So when you combine Molly, MDA, with uh, an ecstasy and beautiful people, well, guess what? They don't abstain. And that's right. the problem, okay? So it's not smart to go down there and think that people aren't going to have fun, especially as they spend thousands of dollars to just do that, to have fun. It's like spring break for the tourists. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's, it's not smart. Um, and that's also why I'm not going. I'm a smart People always say, wow, Mike, you know, um, one of my most favorite things I say about myself is, listen, I'm, I am no angel, but I am very proud I've never cheated on a wife or a girlfriend. And they say, how is that possible that you did that? I go, I don't go to places I know I'm going to be a bad boy. Huh. So if you go to Brazil, you're going to be a bad boy. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is down there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you usually go to the Olympics? I've gone to uh, three of the last five Olympics. Um, I, I, I end up usually not going to the events. I get the tickets, and then I usually like the parties or what have you more, just like the athletes don't like going to the events themselves. Um, <laughs> and this one, I really was excited. I, I, had a, I have a lot of connections down there, and I, for me not to go, it, it should be a story in itself. That's just how dangerous it is. Some people say, Mike, are you really hyping this up? I'm like, guys, I was planning on being there a month, you know, I was ready. This was going to be my Valhalla. Again, guess what? I'm going to have to now sit in the United States, go to work every day, and dream what Brazil could have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Let's talk about some of these other people. Spanish basketball player, Pau Gasol. I'm sure I'm, I'm messing Gasol up. Gasol is, uh, you know, he's past his prime. So he, not, him not being there is not a big deal. Three years ago, that would have been a big story. Uh, he's a little bit past his prime. You know, Kawhi Leonard is another top NBA player that stepped. They're pretty much losing both in international and the uh, United States, all the top ball players. And you're going to see a mass exodus at the end. And it's going to be interesting who they replace them with. Are they going to put college kids in there? I really don't <laughs> know. And who's going to watch it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Then we have U.S. women's soccer goalkeeper Hope Solo. Uh, she's saying that she's going to, uh, she's having concerns. I would never take the risk of having an unhealthy child. Um, so she said, I reserve my right to have a healthy baby. So she's, she's saying that she's begrudgingly going to play in the games. Um, I don't know, when, anyone, when an athlete begrudgingly plays in a game or does his sport, whatever it is, uh, that, you know, chances of him doing well are greatly reduced. Well, Hope's going there because she has to. With what happened to her the last two years with her domestic assault cases and being exposed on um, her, the violence that she had, she has to go or she'll lose all of her sponsors. So I, I, don't, well, I don't know anything about that. Tell us about that. Um, well, she was arrested for attacking um, both her uh, her nephew and her sister, and she had multiple domestic violence cases brought upon her. Um, Sports Illustrated did a great feature on it. Um, then she also had some problems with her partner, which led to um, uh, charges against her as well. So she's had a real rocky last 18 months. And because of those 18 months, she lost a lot of sponsors, so she's in no position hmm. to pull out. Hmm, hmm. That's interesting. Okay. It's interesting that she's still um, the U.S. women's soccer goalkeeper. I mean, it's interesting that she's Oh, still- well, doctor, don't get me going on that, because if she was a guy, every female in this country would say, how is Hope Solo going on the team? Uh-huh, she should never uh-huh. be able to play again. But if you're a lady, well, I guess you can beat up your spouse, beat up your <laughs> nephew, beat up your sister, and everything's good. <laughs> All right. We need to take a break now, but that's a very good point. Um, my guest is Michael Karelchek. He is the CEO of Spartacus Strategies. We're talking today about the Olympics, and hopefully by now you have... Um, if you still had tickets to go, that you have canceled them. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Don't write 
And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with my guest, Michael Karolchek, about who's dropping out of the Olympics and why you should too. So continuing down the list of people who are staying vigilant, which means um, they have one foot out, at least, at least one foot, um, we also have four-time Olympic gold medalist Serena Williams. She's, now, she hasn't said that she's not going. She is, as of now, preparing to head to the Games. But she's saying she's, quote, not taking Zika lightly. I mean, what does that mean? If she's, she's 30 years old, um, I don't know. I, I think she, that she's really, unless she's, <laughs> unless she's planning on not having sex for, uh, I think, not only at the Games, but for a while or, or with anyone who went to the Games, I think that's kind of taking a big risk. What do you think about Serena Williams? I think the Zika thing's a cover. I think a lot of the athletes are just, okay, they're waiting to see. Oh, I don't know yet because they want to see how it develops and unfolds. So Zika gives you the greatest cover. Hey, I'm worried about this mosquito getting me. And they should, by the way, be worried about it. But most, you talk to most guys and girls. Not, athletes are you know, gladiators of life in the arena. A, a mosquito doesn't scare them. They feel they're on vulnerable. They feel they are... Gods, they feel nothing can take. Something small can take them down. Now they are yeah. concerned about getting robbed. They are concerned about getting raped and mugged, and they are concerned about one of their loved ones being held. But that's what I'm really concerned: kidnapped and held for hostage mm. and ransom. So that's what they're really scared about. But you can't tell that to people. Hey, I'm gonna wait a couple more weeks to see if other people are being held ransom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. All right, then we have British Hepta. Hep- the heptathlon champion, Jessica Ennis-Hill, um, Romanian tennis player, Simona Halep, British long jumper, Greg Rutherford. They also have voiced their concerns about the virus. Do you know anything about any of them? Yeah, and these are the guys that you feel bad for because they need the Olympics. They spent their whole life getting ready for it. They need to cash in turn a medal into a total career sponsorship from a corporation. So they're really waiting and hoping that the whole, you know, we've been through this before for Olympics saying, oh, is it going to get off? It's just terrible. It always miraculously does. But we're in a different situation here. They don't have the money. Mm-hmm. The stadium mm-hmm. won't be built on a lot of pieces, so they have temporary. The subway is not done. They still don't have metal detectors and body scanners. The cops you don't know, have toilet you, paper. You, you, you know, you've got to wonder why people from the uh, International Olympic Committee have let it get this close to the Olympics and not, I don't know, rushed in and done something, raised more money to help Rio. I mean, why, like three months ago, six months ago, why didn't they do that? A month ago, the vice president of the, uh, the Olympics said this is the greatest disaster he's ever seen. And they got together with the London officials, and they were trying to have the Olympics switch to London. But London, based on what was going on with the Brit exit and everything else, did not want to get involved and pulled out the last second. So that's why we're left with Brazil. Um, it, 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 listen, there are no good solutions. The show must go on, we always heard, right? Right. Let's make the best of it. But uh, I think what's more concerning is, God forbid, we have, you know, don't forget it happened in what, the 1972 Olympics where Israeli athletes were murdered by terrorists, yes. okay? If we have another one of those events, heads need to roll, including the United States. 
Where are we on this? You know, yeah. don't forget, I, Jimmy Carter was the worst president alive, okay? We can all agree on that one. The guy used to pretend he was working in his office and put the blinds down and slept in the White House, okay? But the one thing Jimmy Carter did is he pulled out of the Olympics when there was such turmoil mm. with both Iran and going on with the Soviet Union at the time. When did the United States, Mr. Obama, get a little guts and say, hey, I can't put our guys at risk? Yes. I mean, I haven't heard him say anything about the Olympics. Have you? Nothing. And by the way, if he's not going to put them at risk, shouldn't he then send our own military and special police to protect yes. the athletes? Yes, yes, and all kinds of things to, uh, you know, arrangements. I mean, I'm sure they're making some kind of preparations to try to not get infected with Zika, but you know what they could do is they could get Catholic nuns to follow the athletes and say, no sex with the ladies, no <laughs> sex with the ladies, you, okay, just like the old days. <laughs> yes, that would be one thing. Then South Korea, I love this. Have you seen their Zika-proof uniforms? They have blazers and pants that have been treated with mosquito repellent. Well, at least they're, you know, proactive. You've got to give them credit for that. The Koreans are amazing. They, they, they're always two steps ahead of all the rest of the countries and technology and thinking out of the box. I mean, it's, you know, it's funny, though. Why aren't, uh, you would think that that would, maybe the other countries would want to buy that, that they could do a bang-up job of selling these Zika-proof uniforms. I mean, obviously, in the colors of the other countries, but they could have made a whole lot of money that way. Yeah, there's, again, I don't think they realize. But how do you stop dung fever? I mean, you're, I mean, how do you stop the other diseases that are ground zero in Brazil? You can't. And so... Again, we lead to where are the, this is when, you know, the, the tough decisions are the ones where you have to make that are not popular. That's what a leader has to do. You know, that's what a parent has to do. He has to tell a child, I know you want to go with your friends to the amusement right. park, but it's not safe. Right, right. Okay, same now, thing. You know, you're the president of the country. You have to say, this could be a disaster if I send my athletes down there and something really bad happens, there's no security. I have to put a stop on it. But Obama, as you know, is what? He's in bed with all the Latin American uh, politicians, mm -hmm. the, the Pope, all of them, and they're pushing Brazil as this great, you know, it's going to pull it off. Brazil comes through. Brazilians are tough. Look at the World Cup soccer. It's not going to happen. This is a disaster when men like myself refuse to go to Brazil and party. Well, I mean, you know, I think... Um I mean, Obama has put this country, in my opinion, he has put this country in more jeopardy, made us more vulnerable to terrorists and everything else than any other president. And so I guess it doesn't really maybe phase him that, you know, a bunch of athletes are top athletes, but a bunch of athletes are going to Brazil. But um, something, I mean, he should have stepped in even before to try to ask the Olympic Committee, well, what's going on and why aren't we moving it to another country? I mean, that's the thing. Okay, maybe London couldn't handle it now because of Brexit and all that. But certainly in six months or, eight, or nine months, um, they would have been able to since everything is in, in place from the last Olympics. And, and or some other country or even Brazil and somehow finding money for all the countries somehow raising money for Brazil and making it, letting them finish all these things and get some toilet paper. I Listen, I agree with you. And more importantly, maybe, you know, it, this is where the banks of the world could have chipped in. 
wouldn't it have been nice if the yes. banks of the world chipped in and put those hospitals up and put the schools back in and running and took care of the waterway for Brazilians who don't have clean water? That's what they should have done. And you know what? There's, it's something to be said, and you're talking to a libertarian. I am in no way, shape, or form a Bernie Sanders uh, you know, crazy person. However, there's something to be said when you look at Brazil and see people eating foie gras on top of their you know, uh, dry-aged filet mignon, drinking water shipped from you know, Burma and other places that don't have drinking water, to half a mile, a tenth of a mile away, the most poor people in the world without hospitals, without water, human waste and bodies in their water system, KPC bugs, no schools. Isn't it disgusting? Yeah. I mean, don't you feel a little guilt? And I always felt pretty bad when I went to Brazil about the areas like you did when you go to Cuba, but I never went and celebrated in a type of venue that's going to be the hoopshba of the Olympics. I mean, it, there's something to be said for these poor people, and we haven't even touched on this. There's a, they were, they've been talking for a year and a half, the political opposition groups, of disturbing the Olympics. So you might have a domestic violence case. You have a domestic issue. What? For a year and a half, there's been a lot of anger towards Pele and the other great athletes for putting the Olympics together from substantial uh, guerrilla groups inside of the country. And this is, their, this is their chance to voice their displeasure. So besides terrorism, you have the people of Brazil who are, have pitchforks out and who are angry. And then you have people coming down, you know, saying how great Brazil is because they just see their hotel and the food and don't see how bad it is in the Olympics. And this is a big one, Dr. Carroll. Why nobody's talking about it is if they're all in it together. The networks don't want to do that. They don't want to make it look bad. They want to just highlight it's great, it's great, it's great, come on down. But they can't because if it walks like a duck, if it talks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Yes, yes, I know. I'm, I'm really, uh, when I think about some of the images that are likely, I mean, you know, of course they're going to try to hide as much as they can, but on the other hand, um, there's going to be, there are going to have to be images of things going on down there that are going to really be horrible. Well, let me, uh, let's, um, I think you've been, do- <laughs> you've been really uh, giving us a great analysis from, from an athlete's perspective and from uh, so many, the inside scoop to so much of this stuff. Let's talk about your inside scoop. Um, for anybody who doesn't, if you, if you aren't, well, we're, I'm going to be giving you uh, Michael's uh, Twitter uh, handle and his Instagram um, link, but just tell us a little bit. I was, I was really impressed in the things that I was reading uh, about how you whip people into shape, so tell us about that. Well, you know what? I created, I used to, I've, I've been doing this for 20 years, making women beautiful. But about four years ago, I realized just making a woman beautiful isn't enough. A woman's not a god just because she's hot. She's a god because she's hot, confident, and has that sassy, sexy attitude. And besides making women get in the best shape of their life of our patented programs and our meal plans and all that other stuff, we actually teach women over a course of a year if they're interested in how to shoot a gun ride a motorcycle, jump out of a plane, okay, fix a flat tire, because I believe that a woman can do anything a man can do. And that's why I named my company Spartacus Strategies four years ago when I met a woman who was 
savagely beaten by her ex-husband. And she had no confidence. She was beaten in front of her kids. I said, I needed to make a program that just didn't work on the body, but worked on the mind. And if you know anything about Spartacus, he liberated 750,000 female slaves, Doc. But then he went a step further. He was the first warlord and general to let his women fight in battle. And it's the Romans who've lost their first two legions ever to a servile army, they saw their last breath of life, their heads being chopped off by their former female slaves. And so that's what Spartacus Strategies is about. It's about becoming a goddess, not being a chubby. A chubby's a whiner, an excuse maker, a person that's a surface dweller. If you want to be something amazing, you can be. Don't let anybody hold you back. Every woman has a goddess inside of her that's waiting to be unleashed. And maybe they lost it because of a job, a loved one, a divorce, something. But you can get it back. And when you get it back, watch out, world. And when you, and is your program just in certain gyms, or do you, or I mean, how would people be able to enroll in your program? Well, that's the great thing. We work with people gyms and we also have a remote program which you can do it remotely even if we're not at your gym and that's even successful we have people from malaysia australia singapore who do the program and are goddesses themselves so there's really nothing stopping you from being a goddess unless you don't want to be one and if you go to the daily surge of clash daily pretty much the only people that hate um, the goddess program, our tagline is have sex with the lights on. The only people that hate that are Hillary supporters. Hillary supporters mm-hmm. don't like sex with the lights on, and Hillary supporters don't want to be a goddess. So <laughs> otherwise, everybody else, I think, wants to be one. Yes, well, you're talking to uh, one of my books is Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. So um, I agree with, I mean, I don't teach them about motorcycles and flat tires, but I agree with um, what else you were saying. Well, um, Michael's Twitter handle is at no chubbies, at no chubbies, C-H-U-B-B-I-E-S, and his Instagram is instagram.com slash Spartacus, S-T-A-R-T-A-C-U-S, strategies, uh, forward slash. Instagram.com, Spartac slash, uh, Spartacus strategies. Well, <laughs> this is great, Michael. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. And I uh, suggest that everybody, you don't want to be a chubby. Nobody wants to be a chubby. It's not just about fat. It's also about your frame of mind that you have when you are a chubby that got you to be a chubby in the first place and that is keeping you that way because you're chubby. Right, Michael? Uh, You hit the nail on the head, Doc, and thanks for having me. And remember, folks, no chubbies. (laughs) And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 